0: Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Professor Penn Podcast. This is David Penn, your humble servant. Happy to see you again. Wishing you well, hoping you're well. Asking you to spread out the podcast because this is about a movement, not about self aggrandizement. And as always, I want to thank Free People Radio for giving the Professor Penn Podcast a vehicle. For distribution, that's much appreciated. Our first advertiser, tireget.com, 14,000 different kinds of tires in stock for all your tire needs. Buy tires and fund the movement at the same time. A win-win proposition. How many times do we get into win-win? Got to take those win-win. And then precinctstrategy.com. And nothing could be more important. Please visit Dan Schultz's site, Take a look at how you can get involved in the game of politics. Of course, I'm going to be helping you here also, uh, trying to get you motivated and get you orientated to get into that secret society of politics. And it is a secret society. Dan tries to demystify it with the precinct strategy, precinctstrategy.com. Everything you need to know in your state. You can go, if you're in Kentucky, there's information about Kentucky on this site. If you're in Florida, there's information on how to get involved in Florida. It's specific to your own location. There's a communications platform for other uh, people in your area who are similarly engaged. It's fantastic. And we need to strengthen PrecinctStrategy.com. Uh, kind of a unique situation if you noticed, I'm wearing the same suit three pot podcasts in a row. I didn't run out of suits. My uh, young and valiant producer, Mr. Tanner, is taking a vacation. So I am attempting to do three podcasts on the same morning. Wow, that'll tax you. You know, I mean, obviously I have the gift of gab, but even I have my limits. And I've saved the best for last, so we'll see how it turns out. But uh, Tanner's going to be gone, and and, uh, I'm going to start out with uh, the most recent Ukraine news. This is um, Monday, July 3rd. This isn't going to post until uh, Tuesday, July 11th. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we won't be here. Maybe the nuclear war is going to start between now and then. And now I say that to you and you're going to watch this. You're going to say, boy, Professor Penn's losing it. But no, no, I'm not losing it. Our elites are completely out of control. They are filled with hubris of the human intellect. And what our elites, and I mean ours, ours, the ones we, the people, are responsible for, our leaders, they believe that they can defeat the Russian Federation. And that's what they're trying to do. Uh, The the spring offensive has started, as we talked about. It's a big nothing burger. They're just killing young people wholesale. And you're going to watch the hue and the cry for more weapons, more planes, the offensive has failed because the Ukrainians were not well enough armed. It's going to be another appeal for more investment. Or as we like to say, churn the inventory. Blow up a bunch more people. Kill the hell out of them so we can keep building bombs. And uh, that's what's really going on here. This is a, a the military-industrial complex. This is a wet dream for these people. They get to build bombs and they get blown up. There's no inventory. They always have to have more reallocation of contracts. It's just, it's everything that's bad about this country, in my opinion. Everything that's bad. The business model, terrible. And there are those of you who are in the Republican Party who are watching me, like the Three Stooges, that think this business model is just wonderful. That's why you're holding the position of the Three Stooges, because your intellectual understanding of this is stooge-like, Mr we don't do that here, Mr. History Doesn't Matter, and Mr. We Don't Need Any More Republicans. You guys are holding on to a business model that we the people want to overthrow. We the people do not want our society and our world run on ill health, violence, and death. We want it based on human well-being. And as this spreads, as people understand that we can have a well-being model, That we can care about each other and treat each other as we wish to be treated. When people figure this out, hey, you guys, well, you're old. I mean, you're going to retire and die almost simultaneously. So, hey, don't worry about it. You've had a nice run. Your runs lasted for many, many, many years. And now, you know, it's over. I'm going to assume that because, as you know, I'm working for that to happen. And that's what today's podcast is really about. But before we get there, this Ukrainian thing, Nothing's happening there, but people are getting slaughtered. And that's because up till this day, which is July 3rd, 2023, Vladimir Putin, who is no populist, he's an elitist, but in his idea, his idea is that the Russian people should be spared a holocaust so he is neither trying to subjugate the Ukrainians nor is he allowing the West to break through and threaten his border. This is eliminating the possibility of a nuclear conflict. What it is is it's freezing, freezing the conflict around what's called an LOC, a line of conflict. And that line of conflict has been basically unmoved for very many months. And that's a choice. That's a choice. We know the West is trying to move that line of conflict because they're having a spring offensive. They're allocating more and more lethal weapons into the conflict all the time. That's we the people. Our leaders are doing that. Well, maybe we'll be here on July 11th together. I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to see in the live chat. And hopefully nothing's changed. Hopefully there's been no substantive changes between Monday the 3rd and Tuesday the 11th. And the reason why I'm a little bit behind, as I said, Tanner's going out of town and I'm doing three podcasts in the same day. So I've got more suits. Don't think I'm losing it. It's all being done on a beautiful July 3rd, Monday morning and covering a lot of ground, covering a lot of ground. But this Ukraine news can change every day. So please stay up with it. There's really nothing to report. Nothing has really happened since the Prigozhin drama. They're just killing each other and using up the inventory. Isn't that special? Not sitting down. Now, I will say, they're crafting a narrative. In Russia, a leading Russian television personality accused the Wagner Group boss of going off the rails after receiving billions in public funds. Last week, the head of the Wagner Group mercenaries, Yevgeny Prigozhin, led his forces in a short-lived rebellion against Russia's top military brass. Boghossian has gone off the rails because of big money, Dmitry Kisilov said. Kisilov, yeah, Kisilov. You know, <laughs> that's, that's funny if you know your... If you go watch Dr. Strangelove, Premier Kisilov, that's pretty damn close. Kisilov, see He's gone off the rails, he said in his weekly television show. He thought he can challenge the defense ministry, the state itself, and the president personally. Well, That's a narrative. Prigozhin went off the rails. It could be part of a, you know, disinformation plan. We won't know. No one can understand the Russians with logic. Takes faith. And of course, of course, Zelensky. Zelensky, come on. What's the best way not to be called a Nazi? Have a Jew run your government. It's like when they try to call me an anti Semite. It's a joke. I'm Jewish. You know, the Ukrainians have a lot of Nazis hanging around. Let's stick a Jew in there in charge. We'll get away with it. And that's what they're doing. Ukrainian President Vladimir Jelinsky vowed to intensify efforts to retake land occupied by Russia in the south of the country. On a visit to the port city of Odessa, he said in a video message Together we will win. The Ukrainian coasts will never tolerate these occupiers. He added, quote, the enemy will definitely not dictate conditions in the Black Sea. The occupiers will be worried about pro- approaching our Ukrainian Crimea and our coast on the Sea of Azov. The, Crimea, the Crimean Peninsula was annexed by Russia in 2014, but is recognized internationally as Ukrainian. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. In other words, nothing's changing. Just a bunch of bullshit. People dying keeping the world on edge. And what's really happening here? It's just another, right now, it's just another diversion. Just another diversion. Ah, those Russians, those pesky Russians, we need more allocation of defense material to defeat these people. They're going to kill us. Same thing with those Chinese, President Xi. Oh, my gosh, what an expansionist. He wants to rule the world. He wants to rule the world, President Xi. We need more money for defense. In fact, General Jack Keene, a more skulldugger shit I've never seen, who's on Fox News as an analyst, got those piercing blue eyes. And he says, current defense spending is only about 3% of GDP. That's way beneath our traditional 6% when we have times of crisis like the Cold War. So in other words, what the military wants is a doubling, a doubling of military spending. How's that supposed to happen? Well, that'd be called piracy, drugs, you know, and slavery. Piracy, drugs, and slavery. We're working for these people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for the ability to tell day from night. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for giving sight to the blind. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for clothing the naked. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the heaven and earth. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for directing my path. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for strengthening America with courage. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for crowning America with glory. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for restoring strength to the weary. I believe that I'll receive. I say it every day. I say it every day because, um, well, I've been sent to spy out the land. I've been sent to spy out the land. This clip is about spying out the land. And before we get into it, when we talk about politics in Minnesota, and you happen to be from Kansas, and you haven't gotten in the ring with these assholes yet, I'm going to tell you, Kansas is very different from Minnesota. Texas is different from Kansas. Florida is different than wherever. All these states, each state, the character of the people in control and the formation of the power structures is unique in every state depending on the strength of the American citizen in the Republican Party. If you have a state where the American citizen has some power, in other words, he's got a seat at the table, that's the unique state. Everything else is kind of the same but a little different because in all those states, even if it's a Republican-run state, if the Republicans that run the state are really Democrats, then, you know, it's a Democrat, Republican. Republican in name only. What do they call that? Oh, a rhino. We got that, but we really didn't understand what that meant. What it means is we've got the vast preponderance of the power structure reliant on science and implementing the business model of empire. And we have a very small group, but a growing group, a populist uprising of American citizens who believe in God, country, and family, and are interested in the well being of the people. This is going on in every state. Every state, this battle is going on. It's a little different in every state. I don't know what's going on in Wyoming. Well, I kind of do because I got a real good friend in Wyoming. So I, I keep up with it. I got good connections in Texas. I keep up with it. But I'm getting to be an expert on Minnesota. And I'm going to start out by saying, as an officer of the Republican Party, you know, they're getting ready to throw people like me out because they don't want the truth to be told. And if you're in the Republican Party and you're watching, it, watching this, which I know many of you are, I've come to a conclusion, and I will be, it'll be difficult to dissuade me from this conclusion. And the conclusion is, the party is constructed in Minnesota to suck up well meaning people like me, well meaning, motivated, success oriented people, well meaning, motivated, and success oriented individuals. The party sucks them up and grinds them to dust so that they're completely ineffective. The party doesn't do anything in Minnesota. I'm talking about the Republican Party, except make sure that there's no challenge to the power structure. These people suck. You heard me. Yes, I'm not just talking about it in inference. I'm being very direct about it. Because your scam, that it's your message, is coming to an end. We the people are inside your wire, and we're going to change the way the party functions in a very constitutional in parliamentary way. So I have to say to you, anybody that wants to get on the other side of the Constitution and the other side of the parliamentary process, please proceed because I'd like to put your names out there for everybody to see. All the fascists, all the Nazis, all the racists, all the, all the anti-Semites. You know, be careful now because this is national media and when you act like a racist or you act like an anti-Semite and I see it, the only reason I'm not calling you out by name is professional courtesy. That is my honor to my party participation because I want to work this out inside the party using the parliamentary process. I'm not interested in being a rabble rouser or and I'm not trying to bring, you know, any kind of uh, notoriety by, my, by my, to myself by using your inequity. I'm not doing that. In fact, what I want to do and what I'm hoping for is to use eloquent words and oratory such that you evaluate your beliefs and your opinions and that God moves your heart and you change and become part of the freedom movement. Because I know what's going on here is this. We have a status quo. Our politics is set up to be centrist. Our politics is set up so there's continuity. So that change happens very slowly. Our politics is set up to foster bipartisanship and cooperation, or as they like to say in the Republican Party so often, unity. We're a unity. We're a unity. You, Without unity, we can't win. No, I'm going to tell you something. You can take your unity and up yours. We're not unified because the business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy and its outgrowth or how it operationalizes itself, which is empire, hey, we're just going to reject this now wholesale. And if you want to stay on that side of the football, go caucus with the Democrats, and we're going to start telling people, hey, you're in the wrong party. Go hang out with the Democrat, because you believe the same thing they do. You believe in human ill health. You believe in a system that fosters disease. You believe in a system that creates poverty. And you're unwilling to do anything to change that because you want unity in the status quo. So I just have to say, up yours. That's it. It's just straight politics. It's a straight political fight about the numbers. But let me just tell you what's going on here. We got the numbers. And we haven't even gotten started yet in Minnesota about putting those numbers together. We're not even, this is just a twinkle in my eye. You know, this thing started out with me sitting in a coffee shop by myself, drinking coffee and thinking, oh, if I build it, they'll come. If I build it, they'll come. And then I had a confederate, a good friend of mine, who you guys were so disreputable to, he actually resigned out of, from the party out of sacred honor because he couldn't support people that when they talk, they lie. See, he'd been around longer than me. You know, if everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie, it really It can disincentivize good people from participating. So it was just him and me, two people sitting around in a coffee shop. And then it was a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and a seventh and an eighth. And now it's a lot of people, hundreds of people, soon to be thousands of people, actually in the party. In the party. I'm going to bring them in the party. Why? Well, unlike uh, Mr. We Don't Need Any More Republicans. And you know, when he said that to me, I was stunned because I was giving him my complete loyalty and all my abilities, all my powers and skills to create a more robust Republican party. I was, basically, I was following the party line. And he actually said to me, we don't want any more Republicans. We just want more activism from the Republicans we have. I had no damn idea what he was talking about. It took me many months to realize they don't want more Republicans because they're afraid of more people coming into the political process that might decide that, hey, you're an asshole, you got to go. And, you know, you're just going about being a bigger asshole. So people are going to look at you and go, hey, you got to go. I'm sorry. And take all your people with you when you go, because people are not going to put up with, we can't criticize anyone in the party even by inference. That's Nazi. That person's got to go. You know, you guys are digging a hole deeper and deeper for yourselves when what I want you to do is evaluate what you believe and change what you think and be part of the freedom movement, be part of well-being. It doesn't matter that you've put an entire lifetime into making a mistake. Hey, we all do that to some degree. I make mistakes that have lasted my entire life. You know, when the when the moment comes when I say, well, I'm giving that up now, I'm just not afraid to give it up because I don't want to go any farther in the direction of going to hell. I want to turn around and walk back towards the light. So we don't hate you. We don't dislike you. We're not even going to judge against you. If you'll just listen to the arguments, engage in the dialogue, and realize that we the people want to be Republicans because we believe in the soaring rhetoric of the Republican Party's founding, that would be Abraham Lincoln, breaking off from the Whigs and the know-nothings who were virulent anti-Semites, anti-Catholics, anti-Irish, anti-Italian. And they didn't have to be anti-black because they were in league with the Dixiecrats who were handling the slaves. These people sucked. And that is the root of the modern Republican Party. And we played many times, many times. George Romney at the 1964 convention almost played it again where he said we have to overcome this lily-white Protestantism. I don't want to bang on Protestants, because there's Catholics that are screwed up this way. There are Jews that are screwed up. Well, we wouldn't really call them Jews. We'd call them anti-Jews. Anti-Jews. We wouldn't really call them Catholics. we call them anti-Catholics, because they just don't believe in God. That is the unifying factor of this group. They believe in the business model of anti-God. They might not know it. That would make them useful idiots. They might know it. That'd make them Satanists. I don't know. I'm not inside your head. But when you look in the mirror and you have an intelligent, educated, and spiritual man looking at you and saying, your political ideology is satanic, and you go, oh, that's too far. Nah, get your Bible out. Oh, I thought you believed in the Bible. Well, you know, I've had so many people in the Republican Party events, come up to me and say, why do you have to pray before these events? Don't do that. Okay, and I talked to the people. And then I had one of the biggest leaders of the party defend me and say, we pray before every event. That's what we do. Big boss. He backed me up. I really appreciated it. But if we're going to pray before every event, could we mean it? Big boss. Big boss. Could we mean it? Could we change how we think about these things? Because if I can get you guys that are the leaders to change, and I appeal to you with all my love and all my skill to look at these arguments and look at what we believe. Because guess what? Let's see. It's 2023. In 2014, I was doing the business. I was doing business in China. I was a globalist. I was a globalist. I was. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm ashamed of it. But I was. And what happened was my faith in God, my love of my fellow citizens, my awareness of policy, and my ability to see what was happening geopolitically, I changed what I believed. I changed how I was acting. Am I a bad person? because I made a mistake? No, I'm a good person because I identified my mistake and I became a different person. It's like I've said in these podcasts previously. There are people in Judaism that are so holy. They basically barely sin. I'm not saying they're sin-free. But as far as under the law, I mean, they follow it. They know all the commandments. They follow everyone. These people don't chase women. They don't do drugs. They don't even work. The society supports them so that they can continuously pray and study the Word of God. That's a secret society, right? But a guy like me, who's been out in the world and made more mistakes than you can shake sticks at, if I put a black hat on and dedicated my life to that society, they'd call me a balchuva, a returnee. I would have a higher status in that society than someone who barely ever sinned, because I returned to the truth. Now, I don't believe I have to return to the Black Hat Society to return to the truth. I live under the new law, and so do you. So you can return to the American people. You can return to the, to the goodness of human well-being and throw off this terrible business model with me and join with us, and we'll love you. We don't want to fight with you. We want to convince you, using the constitutional and parliamentary process, that our arguments are way better. And we're going to make you listen. And if you don't agree, then it's going to be a straight who's got more people, isn't it? And if you agree, then we're going to have more people because you're going to join us. And we're going to learn from you. Isn't that how politics is supposed to be? We learn one from another. Why are you suppressing dialogue and discourse? Why are you creating a secret society around the Republican Party of Minnesota? How bizarre is that? Like you have... It's bizarre for two reasons. Well, I know why you're doing it. You don't want me to use your shit on on air, but I'm in the party, so I know everything you do. So even if I never violate a rule, you can't hide it from me. Nobody's gonna violate your rules, and I'm still gonna know everything you do because that's who I am. Remember, I'm trained. So you can't hide from me. You just can't. And what are you hiding? A strategy that's supposed to make everybody meaningless, right? That's what you're hiding. You really don't want us to discover that the entire thing is a fugazi, that it has nothing to do with anything. We're just supposed to knock on doors for shits and grins while the big money comes into these districts and elects better candidates, which we're going to get to momentarily. Momentarily. So the scam is being revealed now, okay? And when all these Republican Party officers start talking, one amongst themselves, one amongst the other, and say, you know what, Professor Penn, he's on to something. They're scamming us. We're going to have to do our own thing. We can't depend on these leaders. You know what's going to happen? We're going to have constitutional votes, and the people that are not for human well-being, that are for slavery, drugs, and piracy, they're going to disappear. And, you know, their average age is 462 years old. So who gives a shit? They're going to disappear anyhow. So this is nothing that's really mysterious. There's a new day dawning. You know, I'm just a little younger than you, but I got a lot more shelf life, lots more. And I know people like my young man Tanner here, my producer. He's 23 years old. Hey, he might end up being a Republican hanging around with people like me. And then you're fucked when the young people start saying, we don't want your racism. We don't want your anti-Semitism. We don't want your xenophobia. We don't want your homophobia. What we want is well-being for the American people. By the way, I have young children. Fuck you in the way you're treating me. Hey, when that happens, truth commissions, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to be the first person to say that we don't want to harm anyone. We want to love you. You're an American citizen. And I mean that very sincerely. So when you're hating me and plotting about how to hurt me, remember, you're plotting about how to harm someone who wants to love you. Think about that and maybe get your Bible out. Read about it, okay? Because there's nothing here that's new, and I'm not comparing myself to my Lord, but I certainly want to clear my mechanism and let him speak through me, speak right to you about love and life and the well-being of the people and how you've taken a role as a senior in this party to promote that. And yet... 85% of the citizens are living hand to mouth, and 60% of the citizens have chronic disease. And when we're on the verge of nuclear war in three theaters the Ukraine, Israel, and China, that's your job to protect us from that. Look what a great job you're doing. You know what? I don't think you're trying to protect us from this. I think your policies are leading us into this. So you have children. You have grandchildren. Think about where these policies are taking us. You have time to repent, just like I've repented. And I forgive you as I wish to be forgiven. Now, I was sent to spy out the land to make a report to my audience of Republican Party activists about what's really going on here. And this is no different than. uh, the Old Testament, you know, Numbers thirteen. The Lord said to Mo, the Lord said to Moses, "Send men to explore Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of their ancestors' tribes." So, at the Lord's command, Moses sent these men from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites, and these are their names: Shemua, Shaphat, Caleb, Igol, Hosea. Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Amiel, Sether, Nabi, and Guel. Oh, that's great. That was the group. Kind of like a platoon. Kind of like a platoon. They sent them out on point to see what the hell was going on over the next hill. Because in those days, there was no artillery. It was sticks and stones, right? Maybe an arrow. So, you know, the killing was very personal at this time. I want you to think about this. You know, A small wound in your foot would get infected and kill you. No antibiotics. These sons of bitches were tough. Tough men. They'd been out in the desert. They lived off the land. The Israelite religion today, as it's practiced by the modern Jews, seems to be a rather passive tradition. But actually, it's a warrior religion of the highest order. And the warriors are coming back to life, okay? Because, you know, different times. The times make the warrior. The times make the warrior. Of course, I'm not advocating physical violence, but I'm saying spiritually, people are coming forward in our society that are prepared spiritually to contest evil, wherever they find it. So for those people who are in the party that are aligned with evil, and you are, repent. Just repent and join the American people. We're dependent on you to do so. I'm asking you to do so, and I'm creating the space for you to do so. And when people speak against you, when I know you've repented, I will defend you myself. And for Mr. We Don't Need Any More Republicans, if you remember, I actually already have defended you in a public setting. Maybe you forgot, and I will remind you. Somebody was getting quite vociferous in the audience, very vociferous, actually verbally rude. And I stood up and I said, we're not going to have that here. This is a Republican Party event. We're going to use eloquent words and eloquent oratory and discuss this one to another in the hopes of reaching agreement. So if you remember, I've already defended you and I will continue to do so even as you stab me in the back in the hopes you will realize we are on the same team. Because really, what is the unity? What is the unity we seek? Not a unity of policy. We disagree about policy. But we all have a unity of God, country, and family. Don't we? Don't we have a unity of God, country, and family? Well, let's think about that. Do we all believe in God? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. Do we all believe in country? Well, how can you have a country when you have an empire? I mean, come on. That's what the whole last series of podcasts have been about, if you've been watching them, which I'm sure you are. Empire and individual sovereignty are in conflict. If you believe in our Constitution, even if we're ex-military, we have to recognize this thing's gone off the rails. Can't have empire and individual sovereignty and individual citizenship at the same time. They just don't work that way. They don't work together. Family. Come on. What do we do under our families with this business model? So I'm going to have hopes that you repent and consider your actions and consider the history. And we could have uh, healing seminars where we could all get together and, and chart a new course for Minnesota that really would bring about Republican victories here. Because Republicans can win in this state if we come up with a new product, a new message, if we're a new party. And what is the fundamental building block of that new party? Honesty. We have to be honest. And that's where the party has gone. Hey, where my little backyard? Because I put out that piece about Emmer and our young uh, party senior. Put it out. And I told him not to. And I'm going to say it publicly. I said, you know, you're going to bring heat down on yourself. Don't do it. He did it because he felt he needed to. And that's what happens sometimes in politics. Sometimes things get so out of whack that people actually feel they have to do dramatic things to get the power structure to pay attention. That's all that was. That, That got the powers that be to pay attention. And if you're from another state, I'm going to tell you, they threw a giant rock in the pond and the ripples are still rippling. And it's forcing politics to take the place of chicken wing dinners. When I came into the party, I looked at my seniors and I said, what the hell is this? All we're doing is planning parties to raise money and not a lot of money. What I would consider to be de minimis money, like a waste of time. Like, hey, could three people just write a check for this and let's get on with something important? Because if you're going to put up two months in plan planning an event that makes 10 grand, As my friend says, the juice is not worth the squeeze. The juice is not worth the squeeze. And that's all we did was plan parties. And I started to say, what kind of chicken shit organization is this? I didn't join the Republican Party to be an event planner. That's goofy. I want to do politics. And I was told right away, hey, we don't do politics here. Got another another friend of mine in politics. She says, the higher ups. Well, they're not the higher ups. They're the lower downs. But hey, whatever. You got to have some kind of a orientation. They're not the higher ups to me. I'm an American citizen, after all. Can't be any higher up than that, than my citizenship. Come on. But the higher ups, as she likes to say, says, no, we don't do politics. They're actually on tape saying that. In fact, if I really got nasty, I could play that. But again, I don't want to do that. I don't want it to be personal. For all the people that are getting pissed off at me out there, it's not personal. I'm not mentioning your name because your name is irrelevant. It's the ideas you hold in your head. And your head's like confetti. I'm trying to help you sort out your thinking because your thinking sucks. Okay? And am I mad about how you think? Not on a personal basis. You can think any way you want to. But when I go downtown Minneapolis and I see an entire community of people that are impoverished and unwell, And we don't take any action to correct that. I'm mad about it because that's people's lives. That's people's lives. And we are public servants. When we join the party, we didn't join the party. That's another bullshit story. We've said we're going to serve the public through our participation in the political process. That's how we turn party participation from a really unpleasant thing with shitty people into a very positive thing that enhances our well-being. I'm doing public service. I'm trying to help the people in my community. I'm being selfless. and that's a good energy to give and not to take, right? To give for. Spy out the land. Moses sent these uh, let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. 12. What a surprise, 12 tribes of Israel. I already knew that before I counted, but I just thought I would do it for you. These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land, but Moses gave Hoshea son of Nun, the name Joshua, and they went off into the land. Go through the Negev and then into the mountain region. See what the land is like and whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Do their cities have walls around them or not? Is the soil rich or poor? Does the land have trees or not? Do your best to bring back some fruit from the land. Moses sent in people to spy out the land. They were not in the land flowing with milk and honey. They were close by. What's over the next hill? They wanted to know. Moses wanted to know. I went to spy out the land. God sent me. As a matter of fact, I have no entree into this otherwise, because I'm just like you. Now, I know I've got some training, but I really, I mean, I don't lean on that. I'm not hanging around with people. I'm a very private person. As a matter of fact, as a personal admission to you, as a friend, I could go live on the side of the mountain. I'm not, I know I talk well, but I'm actually a very private person. So I'm kind of a weird mix of introvert to extrovert. I can have a great time with you. Tell jokes. I want to tell jokes. I want to make you laugh. I want to have a good time. But after game time's over, I don't go to the party afterwards. I go home. There's a reason why maybe someday we'll talk about it. At one time, I was extrovert 24 hours a day. But when you're brought low, sometimes some of that extrovert goes away. Gets rubbed off of you. After 40 days, they came back from exploring the land. They came back. Like, I'm coming back. I've been exploring the land. I'm back. I've seen. And I want to share with you what I see is going on. Because I have had the chance to do some reconnaissance. That's what the last two years of my life has been all about. Political reconnaissance. You know, um. We are people. I'm a person. I'm a human being. The only strength that I have is my faith. And the people that I I did the recon with, that I went and looked at, they don't believe in God. You know, I've been doing all these Professor Penn podcasts about uh, the British intellectual tradition and Darwin and Spencer and Galton and how the European intellectual tradition came into our academic institutions, how faith has been systematically undermined. And when I say systematically, I mean purposefully. Uh, we're just in a battle of good and evil. And I'm going to tell you, I don't like to say that because, first of all, some of the folks that hear it are going to go bananas. That kind of talking makes people crazy. It just does. and. uh I'm going to urge everyone that hears me say something like that to contemplate this at your own level of criticality, to understand that there's a lot of ways to see things and to not lose your place or lose yourself because suddenly you realize that we're in this epic battle for the well-being of the people. And we are in an epic battle for the well-being of the people. And... uh There's been a great effort over my entire lifetime and for generations before to minimize or to truncate what evil is and to just talk about goodness. In particular, the secular humanist, as he came out out of the intellectual tradition, not as humanism, but as secular humanists. In other words, people that could not find an explanation for World War II They could not understand how a loving God could participate or allow an all-powerful God could allow such a slaughter. So they quit believing in God. They were secular secular humanists, not part of the humanism religion. Uh, These people really focused on the goodness of man's ethical and goodness that emanates from man's ethical and moral dimension as if that dimension could be codified in a set of philosophical precepts. It just didn't work. They believed it. My father believed it. My mother believed it. It just didn't work. It failed. It's a failure as a strategy. Because without faith in God and without fear of the Lord, people just devolve into their worst very quickly. Uh, this is quite different. This group of people is different than the, the people that were humanists in the humanism religion who were doing it to destroy the Judeo-Christian roots of the society. A lot of the secular humanists, they were useful idiots. They didn't realize they were destroying things. They thought they were just dealing with the facts as they saw. They were just horribly misled. They were stupid. It happens. I do a lot of stupid things, too. A lot of stupid things. we were humans. We make mistakes. Life is an experiment. Okay? just an experiment. And, uh, we, we tend to minimize the evil, the, the, the hot burning evil that exists in the hearts of men and their willingness to manipulate the society for their good at the expense of all others. And, you know, I've seen this. I mean, I've actually seen it. I've seen it for a long time. I mean, I've seen it, at, you know, where it's parasitized young children and I've seen it where it's parasitized an entire state, where people actually use their power to steal from people, to addict people, to enslave people. They, this, when I say slavery, drugs, and piracy, it's not just words. It's not just a business model in the abstract. It's how powerful people have created this system to, to vamp, to, to be, to vampirize, to suck the life out of we the people. And because we're born into it, we're born, we're born into this slavery, this kind of wage slavery and this piracy, we don't even know we're in it. And in fact, what we actually strive to do in Survival of the Fittest, we actually strive to be, take our place at the top of the pyramid. And the pyramid's fine with that. You know, the pyramid used to be just for white Protestants. They've opened up the books on that. Hey, if you can get to the top of the heap, you can be anybody. Now survival of the fittest has been washed away to some very significant degree from its racial and religious underpinnings. In other words, for those of you that are anti-Semitic, because there's a lot of Jews at the top of this pyramid, they're not Jews. They're anti-Jews. They hate me. They hate me. But they are perfectly willing to use Jewishness as a way to manipulate the people and call anybody that questions them anti-Semitic so that nobody can critique their behavior, hey, no problem for them. But they're not Jewish. They're part of the technocratic elite that have gotten to the top of the pyramid and are parasitizing everybody. fuck these people. They're not Jews. If they're Catholic, they're not Catholics, and et cetera and so on. If they're black, they're not really black. They're anti-black. I mean, really, there is a problem here where discourse and dialogue is controlled such that we can't criticize certain groups that are engaged in very anti-human behaviors, and the reason we can't criticize them is they wrap themselves in the flag of faith when actually, actually, if we had them before the Truth Commission, they'd be the first to admit they have no faith. Their only faith is in science and in themselves as human intellects. So these people are very, very sophisticated, and they got the drop on us. They got the drop on us by some 150 years, at least. And that's in the human dimension. Let's leave out the spiritual dimension for now. So Moses sent in this platoon, plus two, to spy out the land. And they came back with a report. And here was the report. They complained to Moses and Aaron, quote, If only we had died in Egypt or this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land? Just to have us die in battle? Our wives and children will be taken as prisoners of war. In other words, sexual slaves. In inventory. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? They said to each other, let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. That's the, that's the status quo. See, that's the plea for unity. In the political party, you're going to hear it. Got to have unity or we can't win. These are the people that want to stay in bondage. They're afraid of freedom. They're really afraid of confronting what they intuitively know are very strong and evil forces right here in Minnesota. Right here in Minnesota and in every state. And it's kind of like a franchise system. There's a super international pool of finance, super international. It's beyond borders of the nation state and it's certainly beyond the borders of the state. These are phenomenally wealthy fortunes of people, most of whom are horrified. I know some good ones, though. There's some good ones. There are some that have turned their back on these evil people, but in few and far between. I mean, I know one, I know one, the family's Christian and they're just, you know, they've acquired all this wealth. I mean, I'm talking about tens of billions of dollars, but they're not down with this. They're against it. They're with me. Motherfuckers, you got problems in your own ranks at the highest level because there are people that know that this money that they have came from God. So you people have problems and you know it, your own cohort is fractured now because there are people who have repented. There are people who have repented at the highest level of international finance. And God bless them for doing so, and thank you, God, for changing their hearts. But they're the minority. They need we, the people, to continue to rise up and convince one another about changing this business model. So there's this, this, this international pool of fortune that's given over to science and mammon. You know, wealth, the worship of wealth. These people have very inflated senses of self, self-worth. In fact, many of them, if you tip them over, they couldn't get back up. You know, hey, shoot your best shot. That money's not going to help you on the other side. But you think it does. And you know what? That's quite an illusion. These people want to live forever. These people are behind humanism. These people are behind transhumanism. They don't want to live in the bodies God constructed for us. They want to create other kinds of bodies so they can live forever. They want to be gods themselves. They ain't going to make it. They're believing a bullshit story. But hey, shoot your best shot. That's the times we're living in. We the people are going to rise up and bring some sanity back to the scientific method. That's what we're doing here. We haven't even in the Professor Penn podcast got down to the real issue, which is the nature of science. That's the real issue, because we're all kind of on that payroll, right? And you go to the doctor this year, that'd be almost everybody. And if you take a drug when you get a bacterial infection, that'd be me. I mean, you know, if I see I got blood poisoning in my foot because I stepped on a nail, I'm not going to tough it out and see what happens. I'm going to go down to urgent care and get some penicillin, you know? Come on, we're all in on this thing. We have to evaluate what we're in on and make some wise decisions and rebalance things. But we got this super international pool of finance that's really running everything. And within each country, they have their franchisees. They have franchisees, people who are part of the group, they're part of the club, they're in the club but they're involved in the local administration of things. And in the United States, because we have 50 states, each state has its own group of billionaires. Then they lay back so you can't see them, but they're really running everything. Like here in Minnesota, I could name these people by name. What's the point? They know who they are. They know I know who they are. And they don't care that you know who they are because if you don't really know them and see them as being real people, it's just a figment of your imagination. I'm just here to give you a report. Because here's all what all these calls of unity. We're in a political season coming up here. You're going to hear two things. We have to have unity. Those are people who are terrified. Terrified. That if we don't have unity, they will be taken on this power, and this power will crush them. Hey, I can only die once, motherfuckers. okay? I'm 63. That's twice I said it today. Not supposed to say that, but you know, if somebody's doing it and they're 23, they're a hell of a lot more brave than I am. And you know, I know you're not in the business of turning people into martyrs anymore. You're in a character assassination. Hey, character assassinate away. I suck. I know it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a man, but I'm a man who's returned, and that makes me in the power play. Because I've given everything else up but trying to serve my God. Makes me a little bit dangerous, doesn't it? Can't corrupt me. Can't get me to buy go ahead, send the girls. It's not gonna work. Can't buy me off. Oh, you can give me money, but I'm gonna still tell the truth. I'm just gonna tell you right now, being very honest about it. Because truth is the fundamental cornerstone of this politics. Truth is the cornerstone of this politics. I know you don't like that. Tough. Maybe you guys could change. It's possible. I never know when God is going to change someone's heart. Maybe we could all get in on this. Because when I was talking about, Mr. We Don't Need Any More Republicans, you know, this guy's way down the drainpipe. Compared to you, he's just like me. A grassroot. Now, what's the difference between him and me? I don't like the word grassroot because I'm an American citizen. He likes the word grassroots. because he's taking his role of being walked on. He's on the payroll, and I am not. Immediately, Moses and, Aaron bow, Moses and Aaron bowed with their faces, touching the ground in front of the whole community of Israel assembled there. At the same time, two of those who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothes in despair. They said to the whole community of Israel, The land we explored is very good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. This land is flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people in the land. We will devour them like bread. They have no protection and the Lord is with us. So don't be afraid of them. So all of you people who are calling for unity, What you're really saying is you're scared shitless of the power. Oh, please, oh, please, let us not confront this evil. We have to be unified and work for the evil. Do you realize that's what you're saying? Gosh, I want to mention your name. You're such an interesting person. You're so interesting. And I'm thinking about all these people that are appealing for unity. You're all probably really good people. You're just afraid. You intuitively know that without unity... We're going to confront this evil. And you don't want that because you're afraid what this evil is going to do. Now, here's how you think about it. The evil is the Democrat Party. And if we don't have unity, we won't defeat the Democrat Party. But that's not true. The evil is in the Republican Party, too. The evil is not just the Democrat. It's the Republican Party, too. So you have to make a decision. What side of the football do you want to play on? Are you evil? Go on the Democrat Party side. In fact, go caucus with them. I'm crying when I'm saying this. I'm tearing up because I realize how dangerous this is from so many different perspectives. It's it's dangerous for all the people. It's dangerous for us as individuals. But we can't hide. We cannot hide. If we believe that the Democrat Party is bringing terrible policies upon our state and upon our people, and we seek unity to fight the Democrat Party, then we must understand that our Republican Party is populated by the same evil, the same people that do not believe in God, the same people that believe in eugenics, the same people that believe in abortion and the killing of children. They're part of our state. They're part of our Republican Party. And the battle in the party is between the people who are truly dedicated to good and the people who are really on the payroll of the local franchisees, the billionaires who are doing the bidding of their bosses such that our politics is manipulated and controlled by money. That's what it is. That's just what it is. And the money in the Republican Party, the big big money in the Republican Party, they ain't the boss. They're working for bigger money in the state. That's how fucked up this is. They're just on the payroll. We don't even recognize as Republican Party participants, as officers, that the big money that runs this state runs the little money that runs the Republican Party. We are, right now, The controlled opposition. In other words, if you like the Harlem Globetrotters, I did. Have you ever watched the Harlem Globetrotters? Let me say it again. Have you ever watched the Harlem Globetrotters? Full of tricks? Fantastic, right? They play the Washington Generals. You know, I'm crying over this. My body's just crying. It's crying because it's so serious and um, we're in such a terrible state here in our state of Minnesota that the money that's running the deal has other little money on its payroll and that little money is controlling our party and the outcome of our elections. So let me tell you how it works because I've spied out the land. And remember, here's what Moses and Aaron said, don't rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. We will devour them like bread. They have no protection because the Lord is with us. And I believe I've received that. And I know how to pray. And I'm clearing my mechanism. And I'm showing you how to do it if you don't know how, if you don't know how to do it already or if we're going to do it together as a team. Because we need that supernatural power and protection. And when the whole community of Israel talked about stoning Moses and Aaron to death, they're going to kill him. They all saw the glory of the Lord shining at the tent of meeting. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to trust in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I've done among them? I'll strike them with the plague. I'll destroy them. And I'll make you into a nation larger and stronger than they are. But Now, we're going to forgive everyone. Clear the mechanism. But Moses said to the Lord, what if the Egyptians heard about it? What if the Egyptians, like the Chinese, what if the Egyptians tell the people who live in this land, Lord, they've already heard that you are with these people, that they have seen you with their own eyes, that your column of smoke stays over them, and that you go ahead of them in a column of smoke by day, in a column of fire by night. But if you kill all these people at the same time, then the nations who have heard these reports about you will say, the Lord wasn't able to bring these people into the land he promised them, so he slaughtered them in the desert. That's it, isn't it, right? We're fighting for our God. We're fighting for the people to have the courage to confront this evil because there are way, 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 way more of us than there are as them. Their money is irrelevant if we get together in politics. So let me just wrap down how this works here in Minnesota. There's a group of very wealthy people here in this state. Their names are well-known. And they're leftists, allegedly. And they fund the leftist movement in this state. And the word around the campfire is, is these people lost their mind. They're leftists. That's a lie. They're not leftists. They're manipulating the politics of the state because they benefit when everybody is subject to the state because they are the state. Their business and the state's business are one and the same. So they want everyone in this state of Minnesota to be on the state's payroll. So if that means that they have to appear to be communist, they'll do it. If they have to appear to be Socialists, they'll do it. If they have to appear to be liberal, they'll do it. If they have to be Nazis, they'll do it. They don't care what ism they use to accomplish their goal of domination through money. They don't care. But now the left, the populist left, is gaining so much power that they're afraid that they may actually be threatened. They may have let the genie out of the bottle. So they go to their pals on the Republican side, and they're not really Republicans. They're worshipers of money. And they say to them, go into the land. Erect some better candidates. Appeal for unity. And we're going to make sure that there's money flowing in here so that 10 districts or 12 districts or 15 districts or 7 districts Whatever it takes to re the political power in the state in the next election cycle, these better candidates are going to have the money to win. And what does a better candidate mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what it means to them. Because they told me directly. They don't believe in God. Oh, told directly, right face to face. We've got to get rid of the Bible thumpers in this party. Really? That's very interesting. And you know what? I'm with Mag- Margaret Sanger on this abortion stuff. I don't think poor women should have children. Oh, really? Boy, you don't sound like a Republican to me. But see, they have a new party, too, in mind. They have a new party around science and eugenics and abortion. They're not hiding from me, they're just hiding from you. And I'm here to give you a report about it. So when you, as a Republican Party officer, here are these appeals to unity. What they're really saying to you is, let's maintain the status quo. Let's win. And what winning means is that the money power in the state that is into the business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy continues without a problem. And they're just manipulating a little bit over here and a little bit over there. You know, we're like a diversion for them. Because they know a little bit of money goes a long way and a lot of money wins the day every time. And they're about to put the money into the 2024 election to make sure what? That the people's movement is defeated. You see, I'm crying from this. I'm crying because I know they have the money to use the media to defeat this movement and to put us down and to enslave us. That's why we're praying. I'm praying for God and thanking Him for the strength to be in this fight. I'm praying to God and thanking Him for the glory that comes from winning this fight. The worse the battle, the the greater the odds are against us, the sweeter the victory will be. They want candidates that do not believe in God, that are on their payroll and will do their bidding, whatever it is, and that's not about well-being for me and for you. What do we want? We want candidates that believe in God and are willing to stick with that faith and do things that are good for the American people. Couldn't be farther apart. I'm just tearing like crazy. Part of it is my own fear because I'm reporting to you what I know, what I've seen with my own eyes. Evil that I've seen with my own eyes that intend to... And this is going on in every state in the Union. It's coming right from the RNC. You're going to hear this constantly. We need better candidates. We need better candidates. These political parties are owned. They're bought and paid for by international finance and their local franchisees. We're not part of that, you and me. We're a populist movement. We are the people. We are we the people. We are coming together with real policies to change a a foul business model. We are truth media. We are a new patriot economy. They're going to do everything they can to crush us. Every which way they're going to come to crush us. I just can't stop crying. You're going to have to forgive me. I'm crying because I'm crying for the people. I'm crying for centuries of abuse that we've suffered at the hands of these evil men and women. And they know they're evil. And they relish their evilness. They stand before me and openly proclaim their anti-Semitism, thinking I'm a Jew. But you know, if they knew I was a Christian, they'd throw me to the fucking lions. These people do not believe in God, okay? And if God can move their heart and change them, I'm all for it. I don't believe that these people should be judged by me. I'm not their judge. But I want to inspire you with my tears, which will not stop flowing to join this movement and to not be corrupted. I'm talking to the people in the Republican Party that are appealing for unity. I'm asking you to really research for yourself what unity means. What is unity? What are you asking for when you claim that we can't win without unity? We're not going to win. We're not going to win at all. If we win with these better candidates, we're just Democrats. They're going to manipulate the system so that slavery, drugs, and piracy prevail. And if you're in my party and you're an anti-Semite or a racist, or you think that poor women shouldn't have children because they're poor, you're in the wrong party. You really are. I mean, you just really are in the wrong place. We're the People's Party. We started as the People's Party. When Abraham Lincoln started this party in the 1850s, 1850s. He was rejecting the racism and the anti-Semitism and the anti-Catholic sentiment of the know-nothings and of the Whigs and of the Democrat. He was rejecting it. He started a new party that was dedicated to human well-being, to human freedom. And we talk about him as if he is our greatest president because he was. And did he have shortcomings? Of course he did. He's a man. It's not perfect, but he created a political movement based on enhancing human well being. And that's our party. That's what we are. So if you're participating in motions that create secrets, that limit discourse, that control dialogue, that break the party away from the people that are part of the party, hey, look at that. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, is that really who you want to be? For some of you, I know it's true. That's who you are. And for you people, I have to say, up yours. But for the majority of you who just haven't sorted out your thinking, join with me. Be part of the podcast. We're going through these ideas one by one. Our brains have been turned into spaghetti by experts. We don't even know why we believe what we believe. And then we go out into the world and we pursue beliefs that are just not good for us. We ourselves do things that are bad for ourselves, bad for our families. We don't mean to. We've been tricked. You know, I'm tricked so often. And, you know, it used to be hard to admit I was stupid because I have human pride. And, you know, someone I love very much has done a great job in my life of letting me know how stupid I am from time to time all the time because I trust people that lie to me. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being stupid. There's nothing wrong with being trusting. There's nothing wrong with liking people and listening to them and following them and then realizing that they're assholes and that you're going to change. And maybe you can change them because you're their friends. Maybe they'll listen to you. This is a giant network of connectivity, the real web, okay? The real web, light and dark. With dark in the light and light in the dark. That's what it is, a giant system of energy. And one to another, we're influencing and affecting each other. So I went in to spy out the land. I saw real evil. Looked it right in the face. And it was fucking ugly. Woo! That's another thing. I normally would never say anything like this, but evil makes you ugly. Ugly in a very special kind of way. These people hate themselves, and that's why they are the way they are. That's why I hope they find God, because God will heal them. They just don't believe it, and they have so many billions of dollars, they think, hey, fuck you, I'm God. That's how they think about it. Now, the fact that they are involved in a secret society, that they have a religion, all that kind of shit, that kind of holds them there, right? So if you're in the Republican Party, and you're really not part of a secret society of evil, You just kind of believe what they tell you. Hey, there's hope for you. You're not captured. You're not captured. Let's understand what it is to believe in God, and let's get on the right side of the football and start working together. I don't expect unity. I expect honesty. Because I want every one of us to develop spiritually so that it's well with us. And let's find the things we can agree about, and let's accept the things we don't agree about but let's not accept hot, burning evil as our leadership because that's who's leading us. Hot, burning evil. Evil. People that would kill, maim, steal, rob, all the things that we know are not good. Well, they don't like hearing this, but that's their business model. It's legal. It's been legalized. It's been legalized. Anybody looking at how the Democrat Party is... Attacking, attacking Robert Kennedy Jr., who's running for president on the Democrat side, how they're turning him into a flake and a conspiracy theorist. You know, his family is, that's the martyr of the Democrat Party. But you know what? He questions some things. questions some things for an entire career. Not just one thing, many things. And they're turning him into persona non grata because he has the audacity and the courage to question He's not even saying he has all the answer. He's just asking questions. But Moses asked, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? Your plan won't work. Don't go. Come on. Just turn around. Stop this. Many of you say you believe in God. Really come to understand what it is to believe in God. It means you can't be clowning around with evil. You got to be honest. Otherwise, you're fucking evil, okay? Don't use the Lord's name in vain. If you don't believe in God, just say it. Don't wrap yourself in the cloth of faith and then be beholden the evil. Don't do that. That's just wrong. I'm going to call you out. If you keep it up, I'm going to start calling you out by name. So everybody in America, it's kind of a waste right now. But when 5 million people are watching this podcast and I use your name, hey, your phone's going to ring off the hook. So knock it off. Don't be bullshitting people like this. Stop the bullshit. Pick a side of the football and get on a side of the football. And please, there's many things I can forgive. For example, all the anti-Semitism that I'd suffered in being a Republican, I can forgive that because sticks and stones, after all, is what hurt me. Like, for example, the two very horrific, horrific anti-Semitic events that just befell me In a public setting where people were overtly anti-Semitic, overtly, not kind of, sort of, just like direct. They might as well have just said, we don't like you because you're Jewish. Hey, they did. That's what they did. I can forgive that. But what I can't forgive and what I will not forgive is if the party goes after people who are trying to contribute to the party. This is not your party. It's our party. We believe in a dialogue, a conversation of ideas so that we get a better product, so that we're acceptable to the American people, to the people of Minnesota, to the people of CD3. We want to win elections. We don't want to perpetually lose. We want to win. We want to win with 70% of the vote because the message that we share with the people resonates so deeply that they love us. Because we care about their well being. Think about that one. Think about caring about people's well being. Think about caring about people's well being from a Christian perspective. So, I've been sent to spy out the land. And what I've learned is <clears throat> if you're in the Republican Party, they don't want you to think, they're very direct about it. You're not supposed to do politics because they don't want any challenge to their rule. If we use the constitutional process of the Republican Party, we're going to throw these bombs out. And that's why the party is set up to move so slowly, because guess what? The power structure doesn't want to cede to any new motions or movements. That's why the Ron Paul movement was defeated, and the Tea Party was defeated, and now they're working on the Trump people. You know, one of the things that I've been told is, I shall not, like it's coming down from on high, I shall not criticize any Republican, even by inference. But these same people are sitting around criticizing Trump every time they get together in their sewing circles. You know, the rules are for me, but not for thee. No, fuck off. The rules are for everybody. You want to criticize President Trump and the Trump movement? Great. Criticize ahead. Do it out in the open so we can see you do it. Please come into the open so all the people that love President Trump and love America and love the American First Movement can see the hierarchy of the Minnesota Republican Party working against them. Go ahead. I urge you to be honest. Instead of being a backstabbing son of a bitch doing it behind when nobody can see you. No, come into the light. Come into the studio. I would like to invite the leadership that's working so consistently to defeat the American movement, the American freedom movement. I would like you to come into the studio. Tell me why. Okay, here's a good reason why. We're racist and we're anti-Semites. Populists are racist and anti-Semitic. But I'm telling you, we're not. We're not going to let that happen. I'm a Jewish man. You're going to call me an anti-Semite because I'm an America first person? Ah, there's a joke. Or how about Royce? I keep saying it because it's ridiculous. No, you know where the anti-Semitism and the racism is? It's in the power structure of the party. How do I know it? Because it's been foisted upon me. And I'm not going to the Star Tribune to tell them what a bunch of pricks and assholes you are. I'm not. Because this is an interfamilial issue. The people that said, oh, we're going to hurt our electoral chances because people, we're going to release this information to the public. No, I'm not doing that. The only people watching this is a handful of political insiders. But they're potent political insiders, right? That's why you don't like it. We haven't spread this out yet to the masses, but we intend to. And when I say the masses, I mean the masses of American citizens that are going to be very interested in your anti-American, anti-Christ, anti-freedom, anti-black, anti-Jewish, anti-homosexual, and anti-immigrant ideology. You know nothing. We know who you are. Nothing's changed. You're just hiding. But we're going to draw you into the light. You're going to have to blow ballast and come up to the surface to get this job done. And as a matter of fact, as we know, you're already doing it. Now everybody's going to see you. Now they can't recognize you, but I can. I can recognize you. And I'm just here to spy out the land. I'm like Joshua and Caleb. I went into the land. I've spied it out. I'm not saying I am Joshua and Caleb. Please don't think in your fucked-up psychology, that I've got some kind of narcissist thing going on. I just read the Bible and see myself being part of it because it's my book. I'm supposed to see myself in those words and be inspired, have my courage increased and my will amplified by the stories of the great men and, and prophets that came before me. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm a sinner. But I am inspired, and I did go into the land. And I did see you. And now we're going to be talking about this at what you call the grassroots of the party. Oops, that's a problem, isn't it? That is a big problem because I talk to lots of people. I'm talking to lots of people right now. So my suggestion is give it the fuck up and go back into your hole because the people are not going to put up with this. We're not looking for anybody's head on a pike. We're not. I'm not. I want political dialogue. If you want to manipulate things from behind, come on the channel, you big shots, with all this energy, you have so much money, you don't even listen to people like me, right? No, no. You're going to have to convince we, the people, that what you're doing, these pleas for unity are appropriate. Convince us that unity is not a cover story for continuing slavery, drugs, and piracy, because that's how I read it. And when they say we can't win, oh, somebody wrote... I'm going to hang it up with all this fighting. Might as well just hang it up. Yeah, might as well just hang it up. Go away, you Democrat. Go away. Because to win as a Democrat, as a Republican who won't even advertise that they're Republican, that's not winning. That's just losing the Democrat, Democrat light. You know, that's bullshit. We're not going for that. We the people would rather lose a straight-up open fight than participate in a bullshit story. Let me say this again. We the people would rather lose in a straight-up open fight where we're honestly and consciously confronting evil than win when we're duped and suckered. We're not going to be duped and suckered anymore. Why? Because I'm not the only one. There's hundreds or thousands of people like me now who have figured this scam out. Your scam's no longer a scam. Your cover's blown. Your cover is blown. So don't talk to me about better candidates, which means the candidates that you decide to put your money into. Don't talk to me about that. We're not interested in that. We're going to be interested in what those candidates commit to, and we're going to hold them accountable. So when you work on your better candidates, we're going to know who they are. If they get elected, we're going to make sure they do the right thing for the American people. So put your money in. Go ahead. We're going to use your money. That's right. This is a whole new level now, baby. This is three-dimensional chess. You're playing with other people that are trained, okay? Don't hate you. I don't hate you. You're going to hate me. Of course, because I believe in God. I don't hate you. I hope God moves your heart. I really do. But we'll use your money. We'll use your money to get, quote-unquote, Republicans elected. And the people in those districts are going to watch every fucking vote that happens and it'll be the shortest tenure that you've ever seen with all that money you're getting ready to dump in here if these people don't hold through for the American people. They better come with well-being as the policy that they're going to promote. And if they do that, hey, God's changing your heart. How cool would that be? You could get converted by accident. Any way we do it is fine with me. Any way we do it is fine with me. I love you. You're an American citizen. Guess what? We're the same. Your money doesn't mean shit. We're American citizens. That's where we're heading as a country, where money no longer dictates, where the strength of your argument and the goodness of your heart is an inspiring beacon to the people around you such that they follow your ideas. Think about that one. Come on in and talk. I'm inviting you. You know who you are. It's an open invitation. And I say it very respectfully, very lovingly, and I'm sure I'm going to learn from you because you people are studs. You've done a lot in your life. You've accomplished a lot. And you have a lot to offer the American people should you decide to do it in a good way, in a loving way, in a well-being way. So let's just hope for that. Let's hope for good outcomes because all things function for good. And for those of us that are in the party, Let us seek open dialogue. Let us seek less rules, not more. Let us seek a diversity of opinion. Let us not put unity as our primary goal. Let us put truth as our primary goal. And then you know what's going to happen if we start to ensue truth, work on truth, spread the truth. We're going to find tens of thousands of Minnesotans are going to flock to the truth because they're getting bullshit in the Democrat Party for sure. The only reason these people are still Democrat is because the Republican Party is Democrat. When we sort that out over in the Republican Party, oh, we're going to find out we got a Republican state. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if CD3 in Minnesota became the center of all politics in the entire world, where we change politics here, and we change it to a competition of ideas So that the best idea wins. And the best idea is the one that says, we're serving the people. We're giving to the people. We're concerned about their well-being. So when we can get to that stage, and I think we can get there very quickly. Why? Because we're out of fucking time. That's why. Look around you. Look around you. Yeah, these, these big shots, they got a place to go. They got a redoubt. They got a bomb shelter. They're not going to die when the shit hits the fan. And neither are their kids. They got it all worked out. But you, Republican Party officer, you're going to be deader than a fucking doornail and so are your grandkids. Why, why have that happen? Let's look, about, let's look to human well-being and the well-being of our communities as the centerpiece of our politics. And we're going to flesh this out with policy. It's not just words. Oh, let me tell you, we got a health care group working on health care policy we got a taxation group working on taxation policy. we got people working on this, smart people, people that love the America that we were all blessed to be born into. So I want to thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to wearing a different suit. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know every one of you. We're about to take this, you know, downtown. We want to grow this movement. So please send it out. And uh, let's let the uh, participants in the Republican Party know that the land's been spied out, that unity is a scam, that better candidates is a scam, that if we're going to be a party of the people so that we can win elections, we need to be a party of the people. And on that note, I wish you well-being, and I look forward to seeing you soon again.